To Cannabis Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. Corey Yelland is away today. Many people with Crohn's disease have symptoms for years before the diagnosis. The usual onset is between the ages of 15 and 30, but can occur at any age. Conventional medicine is of the opinion that there's no cure for Crohn's disease, and remission may not be possible or prolonged if achieved. But if you've listened to folks we've interviewed on this program, patients with Crohn's have achieved great success using cannabis. Joining us from Georgia is Kimberly Dennis, a young lady who battled Crohn's for more than six years. Kimberly, we greatly appreciate you sharing your story. Thanks very much for doing this. Thank you so much for having me, Ian. It means a lot. Now, when were you first diagnosed with Crohn's? I was diagnosed right before my 24th birthday um, after battling symptoms that the doctors had attributed to IBS for about four months. It was only when I got sick enough to the point of needing um, several blood transfusions that I got an answer about what was wrong, and that was Crohn's disease. How many years were you experiencing some uncomfortable systems before you were fi- symptoms before you were finally diagnosed? I would say that from my from when I was an early teenager, I had always had some stomach issues, but like I said, the doctors had attributed to a very vague diagnosis of just irritable bowel syndrome. So I just dealt with, um, you know, the symptoms as best I could until things got a lot worse um, when I was 23. Now, what was life like for you when you had Crohn's? Um, I was honestly a prisoner in my own body. Um, I was living pill to pill. My life had to revolve around my symptoms, treating those symptoms and the pain. So I was, it was just awful quality of life. There was nothing really good about it. Did you have any social life at all? Um, little to none, I would say. You, uh, I think that when you get sick like that and you have to miss out on a lot of things, you find out um, who your real friends are and who can be there through times of sickness and the friends that are okay and knowing that there isn't a cure and I may always have to cancel plans. So, yes, social life does become quite difficult when you have to cancel at the last minute because you're not feeling well. Yeah, But I have an awesome support system now. Oh, that's great. Absolutely. We've talked to a number of people who've had Crohn's disease and use cannabis with great success. And one of the things that they tell us is about the excruciating pain that you have with Crohn's. Did you have that as well? Yes, sir. I was in so much pain in my abdomen. I had arthritis that I guess is common with Crohn's disease. I had back pain. I had headaches. It was, it's it's very painful. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, I didn't realize upon being diagnosed with this was how, what I was in for, you know, in trying to manage this pain in a way that is also healthy, you know? Were you in hospital often? I was, yeah. Last year, I spent almost four months total in the hospital from recurrent C. diff infections that I got because I was on immunosuppressant drugs. 
Yeah, I was going to ask you what sort of drugs you were on, what sort of drugs you were taking. Um, Humira was one that I was on for a while. I was also on an IV treatment called Remicade. Both made me feel pretty awful right afterwards and pretty awful right before I needed them as well. And um, I guess in medicine these days, they want to treat the side effects of medications with more medication. So I just kept getting medication upon medication, you know, piled up. And soon I couldn't leave the house without carrying basically a gallon-sized Ziploc bag full of medications that I might need just to leave the house for a little bit. How many prescriptions? It was ridiculous. Yeah. How many prescriptions were you on? Do you have any idea? Gosh, at one point it may have been about 30 different pills at once per day, maybe more. I was so sick at that point. It's hard to recall, but it was uh, I had pill organizers bigger than my 80-year-old grandfather. <laughs> Boy, that must have been tough on you, when, at least psychologically, knowing that the pills and continuing taking the pills, but nothing seems to help you. They might alleviate, yeah. they might help the symptoms, alleviate the pain a little bit, but knowing that the next day when you wake up, you've got to do the same thing over and over mm-hmm. again. It becomes a truly depressing, vicious cycle. Did at any point during this period living with Crohn's, did you feel like your life was over? Yeah. Yes. And at certain points, I wanted it to be over because I felt like such a burden, you know, to my family, to my significant other, to my friends. It was, yeah, a very bleak, (laughs) bleak time in life. I feel so much better now, though. It brings tears to my eyes just, you know, knowing my comparison this time this year compared to this time last year. I was in a hospital bed rotting away last year. Did you ever think of suicide? Yes. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's really tough. Now, tell me about the, the C. difficile problems you were having. Oh, my goodness. It was awful. I knew immediately that something was not... Uh, you know, like my other flare-ups because of the intensity of the pain and not to get too graphic, but the awful diarrhea. It was so painful, so there was no way to live life while that was going on. So I had no choice but to stay in the hospital because it was so awful. Kimberly, I know some... I had... Sorry, go ahead. uh, I was going to say I actually had um, to get a fecal transplant from a donor because none of the drugs were working. <laughs> so it was only when I received a second fecal transplant that C. diff kind of backed off a little bit. And then thankfully, I got my card and was able to start the cannabis oil. I truly think that's what saved me. You tell us about the fecal transplants. Were you somewhat skeptical when you were told about those? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I think that... Uh, Pretty much anybody would feel a little bit squeamish learning that the procedure involved, you know, someone else's fecal matter being put inside your body. But I think that my body needed to see what someone else's healthy flora was all about. So, and, you know, that's natural. That wasn't a pharmaceutical drug. It was, it's it's natural and it works. That made me even more receptive to a therapy like cannabis oil. How did you discover cannabis oil? Um, it was basically through researching anything I could try next for Crohn's disease because I was just so tired of the drugs and the side effects and just basically picking a different way to feel bad. That's how I uh, discovered it. Surprisingly, I'm the only patient that I know of right now at my GI practice that has tried this. So 
that's why I'm trying to get this story out there because I just think that it could help so many people that are suffering. Yeah, in what form did you consume the cannabis? Was it strictly cannabis oil? I guess um, you can consume the cannabis oil and then products that are made with that oil. Right. So I have a sublingual oil that I use. I have a capsule containing CBD and coconut oil that I take three times a day. And then for pain, you know, when I'm not leaving the house, I have lozenges made with that oil to act, you know, a little bit more. But they act in a different way than the oil does or the um, vaporization cartridges. So there's several ways you can ingest the oil. Do you take much? Yeah. Do you take much oil uh, during a day? Um, most of the time, I save the oil for evening consumption because one of the oils I have does have the five percent THC as allotted by Georgia law. But the one that I take during the day just has CBD, no THC. Oh, so Georgia law only allows the maximum of five percent THC. Correct. Okay. Now, what was it like for you when you first started taking? cannabis? Honestly, I noticed improvement after the first dose. And I know that sounds crazy, but I was honestly so shocked and surprised that I was able to pretty quickly start weaning myself off of some of these drugs under the supervision of the doctor, of course. But um, within a week, I already felt I'd say maybe 20% better. And that's a huge percentage for someone like me. Yeah, 20%. So it was, it was quick. Yeah. Yeah, it was fast. And after four months, as you've seen from my post, I was able to throw away so much. It's been life-changing. Yeah, it's that, been life-saving. Life-saving. That must have been remarkable for you, knowing that you're feeling better and weaning yourself off all these medications. Yeah, I feel like I'm free. At any time when you took the cannabis oil, did you ever get high at night? No, I wouldn't say I maybe just easier to go to sleep because I struggle with sleep issues as well. 5% THC. So no, I never felt inebriated. Yeah, the 5% THC really isn't uh, that significant. Yeah. Now, is your Crohn's disease gone or is it simply in remission? Um, As far as I know, there is not a curing. Uh, cure for Crohn's disease. There's just periods of remission, and right now I am in a period of remission after starting the cannabis oil. Now, you said a year ago you were in hospital, and Mm -hmm. uh, since you've started taking cannabis oil, you're feeling a lot better. Are you still on any medications at all? I do still take a couple as needed only for symptoms, so I'm not on any daily medications anymore. How about the pain? How's that? The pain has improved so much. (laughs) If I have pain now, it's probably because I got a little too adventurous in trying foods I haven't been able to eat for a while. (laughs) But that's a big improvement. What were some of the foods that were triggers for you? Um, My goodness, probably anything uh, of any extreme, anything spicy, anything very sweet, anything very salty, you know, anything really good, <laughs> anything really tasty. So there were definitely times where I knew I would have to pay a price to enjoy, you know, a nice treat out with family, something like that. But it's so much better now. I don't have to have that fear anymore. There's just a... When you have Crohn's disease, it becomes sort of an automatic thing to as soon as you get to a new place, you make a quick evaluation on where the nearest restroom is. 
you know, where the nearest private room is in case you, you know, have to go take your medicine and you don't want people to see your garbage bag full of pharmaceutical drugs. It, you know, having that fear go away, I, I can't, I can't even explain how night and day and how just freeing it is to not have to have my literal ball and chain, which was my gallon bag of pill bottles. Every person we've talked to who has had irritable bowel or Crohn's disease says the first thing they do is find out where the washroom is when they go out. Exactly. Yeah. And it becomes so automatic. You don't even realize you're doing it after a while. So I kind of had to, you know, retrain myself in a way to not panic like I used to when I go somewhere new. It's it's amazing how life has turned around for you, given the problems that you had at a very young age. I mean, you're all, you were only in your 20s, right? Are you still in your 20s? Correct. Yes, I'm 29. 29. So you're 29 years old when life should be adventuresome and should be a ton of fun. Uh, you're exactly. wor- You're worried about your health and uh, where the next where you can find the bathroom when you go out. Yeah, and at one point I was worried about dying because I was so sick, and that's just something that I don't want anyone to ever have to worry about like I did. Was your weight uh, low? Yes, I had lost uh, somewhere between 40 and 50 pounds um, in the months leading up to my diagnosis, and my weight would fluctuate wildly when they've had to put me on prednisone, um, which is a pretty powerful steroid that created a lot of different problems for me. So that's something I'm going to definitely try to never take again if I can help it. Doesn't that put on a lot of water weight? It does, and it actually interferes with your cortisol production. So I was a very irritable Kim. <laughs> I was not a pleasant person to be around when I was on those high doses of prednisone. <laughs> Now, when you talk to other Crohn's patients and you mention the cannabis, what's their reaction? Um, to be honest, I don't know that many people in real life that have Crohn's disease. I have one neighbor that has it, and I know one other person that has UC, you know, in real life, and they've been very receptive to, you know, the information I've given them about how they can get help in Georgia if they, you know, are not happy with their current therapies. But thankfully, both of their diseases seem to be pretty well-managed with what they're doing. But online, I've had so many meaningful conversations with people that are in pain and people that are suffering that they just want help. They just want another option that doesn't make them, like I said, pick another way to feel bad. Yeah, when you're in pain, you'll you'll try almost anything to get rid of that pain, won't you? You really will, yeah, especially when you feel trapped, you know, in prison or in your own body. Yeah, we uh, talked to a woman in Saskatchewan a number of months ago when we first started this podcast, and she had Crohn's, and she said most of the time, as her kids were growing up, she spent about half the time in hospital because of the excruciating pain, and, uh, well, you know more than anyone what that's like. And Yeah, uh, I missed out on so much when I was in the hospital last summer. <laughs> It's all consuming. It just takes over your life, and you become exactly. you become really someone who's trying to find ways to alleviate the pain and just live a normal life, right? Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, just reaching and scratching for anything that can help you get back to that sense of normalcy you had before, you know, a piece of you died when you found out, you know, a part of me was mourning 
the person that I was able to be before this happened to me, but I feel like I'm getting a part of that person back, and that's been amazing. I've got a lot of sick time to make up for now. <laughs> do you still have uh, pain, Kim? Sometimes I do, yeah, but not nearly as bad as before, and uh, sometimes it is my fault because I'm trying to eat foods that maybe I shouldn't, and I'm getting a little too excited, a little overzealous, but you know, compared to before, I really can't complain. When you look back at what you went through for that six-year period, and even before that, but uh, I guess once the diagnosis hit you, it's uh, about six years ago, and you started taking the medications. Mm -hmm. When you look Mm -hmm. back at that period, what kind of a person do you see? I see someone very depressed, desperate, and just lost. Lost in the pain. Yeah, that was not... Yeah, you just become consumed by it. And now what do you see? I feel hopeful. (laughs) I honestly feel so hopeful. It's changed how I feel mentally as well. I just, I was so lost in my own deep, dark hole of depression, and Crohn's disease had me. I didn't have it. But for the first time in a long time, I feel like I'm winning the fight. And that's such a huge deal. I want to help everybody. I want to spread the word so that no one has to feel like the prisoner I did. Yeah, you really were a prisoner in your own body, weren't you? Yeah, absolutely. And you've you've been taking cannabis for how long? About four and a half months at this point. Four and a half months. So you you mm-hmm. uh, you stand a chance of really improving even more than you have in yeah. the last four months, which must be really exciting. Exactly. For you. That's Yeah, I'm so hopeful and I'm excited to see how I feel a year after being on the oil. I just feel like so many opportunities have suddenly become open to me because my life is no longer controlled by my disease. Now, do you get the oil through a dispensary in Georgia or do you make your own? There's a dispensary in Georgia that I use, yes. Right now it's not legal to procure the plant to make your own. So maybe in the future I could do that, but as of right now, no. Oh, I see. No growing in Georgia, but you can buy through dispensaries. Correct. Anything uh, you'd like to tell us in conclusion, Kim, about your condition or about uh, helping others? Um, I guess one of the most important things is to uh, know that you're not alone. Don't give up hope. There's someone else out there that's suffering like you are that can help build you up. And like I'm trying to show, there's you know there's other medicines out there that maybe you could try that could help you feel better if you're at the end of your rope. I just want to tell other people that are sick, don't lose hope. There are people that are there for you, and there are other things that you can try. And the future of medicine is here. Politics can only suppress science and nature for so long, and I think people are starting to see that. So don't lose hope. And reach out if you need help. How can people reach out to you? I can be reached through my Facebook, or I've made an Instagram just for this, so that uh, people can contact me more easily. My email is also um, available for anybody that wants to chat. Instagram is Kimberly Cannabis, and Gmail account is KimberlyCannabis at gmail.com. Kimberly Cannabis, I I'd like love that. to. Uh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Anyone is welcome to email me, and I will respond as soon as I can because I just want I just want to help, and I want to help as many people as possible. 
Well, it's a wonderful story that you're getting better and you'll leave, be even improving more in the future. And uh, it was great to talk to you. Thanks very much, Kimberly. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it, and I hope you have a great day. You too. In the many interviews we've done in this program regarding Crohn's and ulcerative colitis, I've never really understood the difference between the two. But I found a great video by Dr. Michael Evans of Toronto who explains the difference between Crohn's and ulcerative colitis. It's a video called Inflammatory Bowel Disease. And I think it's really, really important for people to understand the difference. So let's listen to Dr. Michael Evans. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Evans, and this is a brief overview of a disease that attacks our guts called inflammatory bowel disease, or IBD. It is actually not a single disease, but rather refers primarily to two related but distinct diseases. One is called Crohn's disease, and the other is called ulcerative colitis, or UC. The key differences are firstly the location of the inflammation, and secondly, the extent of the inflammation. Ulcerative colitis only affects the colon or large intestine, while Crohn's disease can affect the entire digestive system, from the mouth to the anus, or as we say, from gum to bum. In ulcerative colitis, inflammation only involves the inner lining, or what we call the mucosa, while in Crohn's disease, inflammation can extend right through the entire thickness of the bowel wall to the outermost layer of the digestive tract. These differences lead to different outcomes and different treatments, which I'll get to later. The major symptoms of UC and Crohn's do, however, overlap. These include stomach pain and a change in bowel habits. Almost always this means more urgent movements. Other symptoms include weight loss, decreased appetite, uh, fever, night sweats, and extreme tiredness. Now, these are trademark symptoms, but it's very important to remember that IBD can play out quite differently in different people. The symptoms of IBD can come and go over long periods of time. Now, people may experience periods of severe symptoms, or what we call flare-ups, and also go through periods when they have few or no symptoms at all, what we call remission. IBD can occasionally affect or inflame other parts of your body, such as your eyes, your skin, your liver, your joints. Now, other symptoms can be more specific. For example, because you see only affects the inner lining of the bowel, we tend to see mucus and blood in the stool whereas Crohn's can inflame the whole bowel wall. So there may be blood, but also significant abdominal pain, nausea, and vomiting. Both diseases can lead to growth delay in children. To investigate the cause of your symptoms or, or gauge the extent of your disease, your care team will listen to your story, ask if there is any family history, and then investigate with things like blood tests, stool samples, and then likely examination of your bowel through x-rays, scans, and or scopes uh, to look at the inside of your bowel. IBD is usually diagnosed in young people, say 15 to 25, but it can appear at any time. There is slightly increased risk for those who have a family member with a condition, and IBD is more common in white people and more prevalent among Jewish people of European origin. IBD affects about 1 in 350 people in most nations, but it's more common in northern regions. Here in Canada, we actually have the highest rate in the world with IBD occurring in as many as 1 in 150 persons, which translates to about 230,000 Canadians. We're not exactly sure why Crohn's and UC happens. It appears that some sort of environmental factor in susceptible individuals causes the immune system, the body's defense against infection, to malfunction. The immune system then starts attacking healthy tissue inside the digestive system, leading to the inflammation. 
Currently, there is no cure for IBD, but many of the treatments that are effective target the immune system. So medications such as corticosteroids or 5-ASAs, which help reduce inflammation, or immunosuppressants are often used. Medicines called biologics have become a key treatment option for those with moderate to severe inflammatory bowel disease. They work by using specially developed antibodies to selectively block the effects of the molecules that are involved in the inflammation of the gut wall. The idea here is that we can move from beyond just symptom management and heal the mucosal lining, which can lead to remission and prevent relapses. In Crohn's disease, mild attacks result in patches of inflammation in the lining of the intestine with groups of small ulcers, similar to mouth ulcers, that can occur anywhere in the digestive tract. However, in moderate or severe Crohn's disease, these ulcers become much larger and deeper with a lot of surrounding redness. The inflammation can make the intestine become thickened, blocking the passage of digested food. In some cases, deep ulcers break through the wall of the intestine, causing infection outside the bowel, what we call an abscess. And this can actually spread to the skin or a nearby part of the body, what we call a fistula. About three out of four patients with Crohn's will require surgery at one point to remove an inflamed section of the digestive system, especially if the inflammation has caused a blockage. Fortunately now, our surgical techniques have become much less invasive than in the past. Surgery is sometimes necessary in UC, but with early treatment, it can often be avoided. Things to think about with the diet are pretty common sense and individualized. There's considerable variation from person to person, so self-awareness about what foods set you off or, or work for you can be very helpful, as is staying hydrated. Self-awareness is also important when it comes to managing stress. The unpredictability of IBD or, or dealing with symptoms at the same time you're dealing with life's other stressors can be incredibly tricky to navigate. Inflammatory bowel disease can have a profound effect on an individual's life, physically, emotionally, and socially, both at home and at school or in the workplace. Having to go to the washroom more than 10 times a day or, or even talking about your bowels is, uh, you know, I think it's challenging at any age, but perhaps especially as a young person when this disease commonly strikes. It's a disease that often impacts families, not just individuals, and it is a journey that requires no small amount of bravery, problem-solving, and optimism. Although there is no cure yet, uh, there are many treatment options available. As one of my patients with IBD said to me, with my ups and downs, it was important for me to remember that things will return to normal. It may be a new normal, but normal just the same. There are some fantastic IBD resources out there to educate, learn, and share with others that are where you are or have already been there. Thanks for listening and take care. It was a presentation by Dr. Mike Evans in Toronto. It is reported that numerous preclinical studies demonstrate that the activation of the CB1 and CB2 cannabinoid receptors exert biological functions on the gastrointestinal tract. Now, activation of CB1 and CB2 receptors in animals has shown a strong anti-inflammatory effect. Cannabinoids and or modulation of the endocannabinoid system is a novel therapeutic means for the treatment of numerous GI disorders, including inflammatory bowel diseases like Crohn's disease. The scientific community says that a few small trials have been looked at and medical cannabis with medical cannabis, but further evidence is required to determine its usefulness. Now, given the interviews we've done on this program, people who have used cannabis have had wonderful success in dealing with their Crohn's disease. 
It's certainly a medicine that Crohn's patients should consider in the future. And we thank Kimberly Dennis of Georgia for telling us about her issues with Crohn's disease, and she's well on the road to recovery. And hopefully within the next year, we'll have another chat with Kimberly and see how she's doing. If you'd like to tell your story about the medical use of cannabis, then send us an email at info at CannabisHealthRadio.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Canachicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.